Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the U.S. Nation Restoration Show. My name is Resto Bro, and I am very happy to have you here with me for the very first episode of this brand new podcast. Before we get into our topic for today, I'd like to give myself a brief introduction. I'm not a genius or an expert in any particular field. I'm just a college student in the age of information. As a straight, white, Christian male, I'm constantly slandered in the mainstream media, and living in the age of information, I decided to cut past that and finally produce some information of my own. I've always been very interested in U.S. government and politics, even working in positions within my own state legislature. My goal for this show is that we can learn together, both about popular topics as well as some theories of my own. Again, thank you for joining me, and let's get into today's episode. Today, I bring you a theory of my own. This isn't something you've probably heard about before, but maybe it's something that you yourself have thought about. I call it the ether age. Basically, in simple terms, nothing is real. Nothing is real anymore. In reality, nothing is real. And this is, this is a pretty recent phenomenon. It's been creeping up on society since long before I was born. But really, the full effects, the full impact came about with the internet, uh, the internet of things, where everything we do, it all exists in ether, in the ether, right? Up in space, up in the radio waves, in the sound waves, in the landlines, and the telephone cables, and the the fiber optic cables underground, everywhere. But it doesn't exist physically and tangibly. Really, any system you can think about exists in this ether, this nothingness. Think about money, all your electronic banking. Think about even social interactions these days. You keep in touch with everybody through these intangible, you know, through the ether. And, and, and you access that through your cell phones and your computers, which are simple slabs. They're not totally tangible the same way a rock might be, or, or you, get, you get the idea I'm getting to here. Furthermore, there's, think of dating apps. We don't even look for relationships in reality anymore. We go to the ether to cyberspace. And all of these things, they go much deeper than just the surface comments I'm making. And we'll get into all of them. I mean, it gets crazy deep. Really, every single aspect of our lives isn't real anymore. Think about... Uh, here, here's an example. Even to access reality. Say you want to own a house. That's a real physical object existing within reality. It's tangible. It doesn't exist in ether. But to buy it, you need money. And our financial system is totally fake. It is totally manufactured, and it does exist within the ether. I do not have the exact statistics or stats or amount, but I can tell you this. Of all the trillions of dollars of, of U.S. currency existing, only a very, very, very small amount of them are actually represented with a paper bill. Think of online banking, how you can trans transact it back and forth digitally over over the, the uh, airwaves, right? From your checking to your savings. There's not somebody back in that bank that, that takes out a load of money and 
dumps it into some other box for you. No, it's all in the computer system. Those dollars, they don't have a real physical US dollar to represent them. And so you buy your house with this fake money. Well, you didn't have all the fake money. You had to apply for a loan, which is a totally made up, convoluted, twisted system on its own. I mean, there's there's interest rates on your mortgage set up by the Fed, which is a, also a fake institution made up, not real, not physical. Uh, and then the this, this weird fake made up system also is reliant on a credit score. And the whole entire like credit data sciences it's, it's a pseudoscience. It's made up. It's fake. It's not real. It's not tangible. You would have to take years of studying to really know how it works. And yet something as simple as that can determine if you can buy a house, which is the real physical, tangible objects. So basically everything in our society is either fake and existing only in the ether, in the nothingness, it's not tangible, or it is real, but it's locked behind some fake system, right? Uh, let's 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 hop on to another one. Campsites and recreational activities outdoors are another good example. This one's pertinent to me because I really love spending time outdoors. I love camping. I was just recently camping about a week ago, and. As far as me and my friends knew, the campsite we were going to was a first-come, first-serve place. But when we got there, all the, the different sites, they, they said reserved and everything, and, and we were trying to, trying to get a site of our own, so we had to pull out our cell phones, plug into that internet, uh, look up the state, or I think, it's, I think they even have a federal level for, for state parks, a federal level website, something.gov where you have to go in and find the campsite and find the exact numbered lot within the, the whole campsite and try and reserve it, but you can't reserve it the day of, and you have to uh, pay online sometimes or all this other, all this other crap. You have to, to check, make an agreement, um, and, and it's ridiculous. And if you don't do it, well, then some park rangers, some camp hosts are going to come and kick you out. Uh, we ended up just not getting a reservation, finding a spot that was reserved, but it was already getting dark. Nobody was camping there. So we said, you know what? Time to live in reality. So we plopped our tent down and we, we stayed the night, no problems at all. But had we had a sort of uptight camp host or park ranger, they would have come and kick us out and said, you did not engage with the online protocol. It's like... That, this is nature, man. This is this is camping. This is pure Americana. This is how we can get in touch with 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 a small amount of, of the way our ancestors lived. And you want me to go through the internet to do this on government lands that are paid for with my tax paying dollars. I may be young, but I, I but I've paid taxes only maybe once or twice. I am I am young, but I've paid taxes. And I can't imagine how frustrating that would be, you know, 20 years down the line when, I, when I've when i paid tons of taxes. It's like, come on, man. Who do you think is funding this land? And you want me to, to, to boot up the old computer? It's like, goodness gracious. I couldn't imagine being a boomer. I bet it's twice the frustration. Because at least I understand how technology works. I just hate it. 
because it's awful and it, it just ruins everything. It has ruined everything, but at least I understand how it works. Imagine if you, if you didn't know how it works. Sorry, boomers out there. So sort of the, the overarching idea is all of these, all these different things, it's all about value. Value makes the world go around, right? Uh, services performed, they have value. Objects have value. Um, you yourself as a person have 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 a value. I mean, whether you want to get uh, like you have your own values or I mean, harvest your organs and sell them for money, that kind of value, whatever you want to take it as. Right. <laughs> but the the Internet is used to sort of twist this value in a way we haven't seen before. And, and the best uh, the best example of this that I've heard, um, I actually heard mentioned by, he's a, a brilliant streamer, brilliant author, writer, just idea guy. I love him. His name's Paul Town. And he talked about how, think back to medieval times. Think back to medieval times. You had the king and his kingdom or his city-state or his little empire. And he had his castle, his fortress, surrounded by all of his people, all of his farms, land, and it was in his benefit to raise up armies, and armies come from the people, and so they need to be well-fed and strong, and the reason you have these armies is to protect your value as your kingdom, and these kingdoms were very local. Like I said, like look up the design of one of these ancient city-states, right? You've got your fortress, you've got your, your city, you've got walls, layers of walls, You've got farmland surrounding and space for all civilians to come and hide in case of, of external attack. Some other powerful person might want to come and take your power, your value, if you're the king, right? So it's in your interest to use this wealth to reinvest it back into the community so that they can raise up, get strong, uh, provide you more value, more wealth, grow your assets, as well as produce armies to defend yourself and wealth was stored in physical tangible ways whether it was gold all throughout history we've, we've accepted gold right as well as other relics artifacts a lot of times it's food or water even um, livestock animals all these kinds of things and so you needed that physical area to defend those assets and you needed to provide well for the people so that they could become soldiers raise up armies and defend from other powerful people and that's how society existed and nowadays we look back on that and we're like oh what savages what animals they just weren't civilized they just weren't cultured well i'd propose to you that that is a far more natural and beneficial state of existence for the average person because when we get into the intangible and the non-physical all of this stuff that exists like i've been saying in the ether i don't believe that the human psyche can really fully process it interact with it and interface with it the same that we can with physical things i mean we've got arms and legs we can traverse the world we can touch the world smell it see it feel it but images and things appearing on our phones or stored in servers 
collected his data, uh, all these kinds of things, they'll never reach that same level. And so when we put our most important thing, like value and assets, that's when we get problems. And that's what we see today with the modern class of billionaires, which they catch a lot of flack, and rightfully so. Um, this applies to the government too. And in a way, really, almost all people. I mean, you see the way remote work is happening. Anyways, let me take a step back. So like we were saying, uh, they needed those, those medieval times, those ancient kings, they needed that physical location to protect their physical goods with physical armies. It was all very local and communal. Nowadays, a person could be a billionaire and they're carrying around a hard drive of crypto in their pocket. Uh, quick tangent on crypto. A lot of people get upset at crypto. And this actually kind of applies to the Ether Age thing too, although I would side with crypto over USD. Um, not every time, but some of the times. I mean, crypto can be a scam in some cases and it can be non-safe, but at least it has a system, an identifiable system backing it up rather than the US dollar, where it can just be printed digitally at will by you know, any number of entities. And so crypto at least has that system it's rooted in. But a lot of people have an issue with crypto. They're like, oh, I don't trust crypto. And you ask them, well, why not? Well, because it's not real. Yeah, you're right. Congratulations, round of applause. You figured it out. You've just taken the first step into the ether age theorem. Crypto is not real. It's got a defined system, which already puts it, I mean, infinitely ahead of the US dollar, which can, like I said, be printed at will, but it's not real. It's not physical. It's not tangible. So if people were so willing to take that same logic that they, that they like to put on crypto and apply it to every other facet of their life, they would start losing their minds. They would start going crazy. Um, and a portion of that craziness is what I've been suffering. I mean, as such a young guy, I've been handed this world. This is what I've inherited. I did not create this situation, but it's what I've been put into. And now I have to look around and realize, wow, it's all made up. It's all fake. None of it's real. This is what I've got, man. This is what we've got. So we got to make the best of it. We've got to make it better. That's where the name Resto Bro and the show, US Nation Restoration. We need to restore the country back to what it once was. And after the country, the world. So there you go. It's all about restoration. We need to restore. We don't need any more <laughs> progress. We need regress. We need to restore. Now, do we need medieval lords running around? No, but. If we could, if we could take it back, I don't know, a hundred years, we'd be in a much, much better spot mentally and probably physically too. But, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a financial expert. I'm not any of these things. So yeah, there's your disclaimer. So let's get into the way this uh, ancient medieval lord theory applies to, to modern days. Like I was saying, think of billionaires today, like a like I was getting to, you could walk around with a USB drive, a little cold wallet full of crypto. You could be a billionaire walking on the streets. Nobody would have a clue. Nobody would have any idea. 
you wouldn't have any need to defend yourself even if you got mugged for that usb i mean well that sucks because because you need that for your crypto but it's like nobody else can get into it they can't send an army to come to come loot and pillage you and then you have that stick of in what is in reality nothing it's just a, a fake complicated math problem that people have placed value onto and then you take it to the bigger expanse you look at the billionaires who who own or, or corporations is more accurate you look at the amazons and the walmarts and the the big massive international corporations and conglomerates Unlike in the days of Henry Ford, where Ford was an American company because it was physically based in America, parts were manufactured in America, materials were sourced from America, and funds would be reinvested into America. The products were sold to Americans. It was very physical. It was very local. Now, Amazon, you don't think of Amazon as really an American company. It's just Amazon. It sort of exists as its own entity. There's no sense of of nationalism. That's that's not capitalism at all. That's crony corporatism, which is actually one I have written down as a as an idea for an episode, but I'll leave that for another time. So these billionaires, without allegiance to any nation, they just hoard their wealth endlessly. They make no meaningful efforts to reinvest into their own communities. And they store their wealth in fake ways, in in non-real ways, not with physical assets. I mean, of course, they're going to buy the cars and the homes and, and the land. I mean, interest groups and Bill Gates are buying tons of land right now, but it's for interesting reasons. And you think back on the classic mindset. I mean, well, if you wanna if you wanna be successful, you need to either go to college or get up out of the country and move to New York or L.A. And it's the world's not held to that standard anymore, but people still think it is. So you get these people. Oh, I'm gonna move to the big city, and then they move to L.A. because they think they'll be famous and beautiful and successful when in reality it's just full of homeless people and garbage and crime all of the famous beautiful rich successful people moved out into the country they bought land in wyoming and and rural colorado and they're living on their manors right um they're buying up land it's it's a total flip from what we saw i mean less than 40 years ago same with New York. It's the exact same way. Oh, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to live on Wall Street. I'm going to be a big success. And then you live in a tiny cramped apartment. You never interact with any real nature, just a manufactured park in the center of the city at most in Central Park. And and you engage in fake systems. I mean, the, the stock market. You want to talk about a fake system? There it is. And and all the rich rich famous new york people they they're not dumb they didn't get rich on accident well most of them didn't some were handed it but anybody who gained that wealth on their own they're not dumb they moved out into the country upstate new york somewhere somewhere more rural they bought the land and they do their things digitally online because that's the system now and that's uh kind of the same way a lot of 
average people are too nowadays. Think of this new remote work phenomenon that has just popped up in the last couple of years where now you could be gainfully employed on one half of the country yet live um, and remote work on the entire other side of the country. And where do you think you're going to be spending your money? So you're taking money out of wherever your job is based, and then you're spending it in a totally different community. What do you think, big picture, long-term, happens to Silicon Valley? What do you think happens to, to New York, where all the big, the big jobs in the big cities... People aren't even living there and spending their money there anymore. They're just working far away. Well, they continue to collapse and, and crash. Not to mention the whole side where, and, th and this gets controversial, but, but where people are less productive and uh, by doing remote work, simply, in my opinion, because rather than doing any kinds of physical, tangible work, you have to engage with... <laughs> ether right the cyberspace you're doing it all online remote and so it's kind of in in my opinion um the the same kind of thing is when when one king would go to the other king's kingdom and and pillage and take all his stuff it's kind of what remote work is all these different little micro communities all these different employers are are encouraging their employees to pillage a community and take the rewards back to home. It's it's insane. And when you look at it like that, it only it only makes sense the kind of the kind of urban decay we've been seeing the past few years. To borrow the term from from Flecka's Talks, also another great show. I'm always happy to shout out other great creators. Flecka's Talks, check them out. It's the urban decay. I mean, the the looting, the the crime, the rioting, the burnings, all of it. I mean, at the very least, it's real. Crime is real, tangible, physical thing most of the time. I mean, unless you want to talk about fraud or something silly like that. But burning and looting and all that stuff, that's a very raw expression of people who generally have no other way, no other physical way to express themselves even this own very show i'm doing right now as i record i'm sitting here physically talking but i'm engaging with you probably days weeks months who knows years later digitally through the ether through my mic into my computer into your you know earbuds headphones speakers whatever that's not real We've lost the art of, of the, the village elder telling stories, reciting oral tradition and poems. Instead, you're listening to some nut job college student who, who you've never even met before. It's all fake, man. None of it's real. It's really crazy to think about. Let's hop into another example. I mentioned it briefly before. Dating. Dating apps, Tinder, um, I don't know, what's another one? I have no idea. Uh, Grinder, if you find yourself of, of gay orientation. Um, hey, nothing wrong with that, man. You do you, bro. Uh, 
Um, we're not even meeting people naturally or in reality anymore. Instead, we just drop it to the very lowest human base desires and pictures of random people you've never actually met before come up and you maybe read a few words about them. But if you're like most people, you take a half second look at the first picture, you say, oh, girl, hot or boy, hot. Uh, And then you either swipe if you think they're attractive or the other way if they're non-attractive. And do you really honestly believe you're going to get anything productive out of that? There's the absolute oddity, the absolute rarity that something will come out of that. A marriage. I mean, I'm big on marriage. I, I'm I'm totally against sex outside of marriage, but obviously I can't control what people do. And I don't consider sex outside of marriage to be productive. Some people, that's their goal. That's what they're trying to produce, I guess. But if you want something long-term, generational, you want to build a family, that's a, a pretty shaky basis to build it upon. And like I said, there's exceptions to the rule. One of my own friends, it worked for him. But I really think things would be a lot better. I mean... Take us back to the flip phone days, man. Take us back to the flip phone days. I remember when my parents had flip phones, but the very first phone I ever got was a smartphone. Like I said, I'm young. But if we if we could just dumb these things down just a little bit, I mean, we could even keep keep music streaming, keep Google searching. Heck, I don't even care if you want to keep YouTube. But social media... I understand and I recognize its value for staying in contact with people, even if it is totally a fake way of doing that, <laughs> a total ether age way of doing that. Um, but let's let's keep that onto the computers. Let's get social media off the phones. We can keep the camera on there even. We can keep texting. We can keep calling, all that. But I don't want any TikTok on there. I don't want any Instagram on there. I certainly don't want any dating apps on there. I don't want any of these little mindless games on there. All of that can go. All of that can go. And I can guarantee you this mental health crisis we have um, will plummet. And I think addiction to phones will plummet as well. Now, obviously, you have to get pretty authoritarian to kind of introduce any policy of of, of that sort but I don't necessarily think that's a that's a bad thing I don't think that assuming our leaders are the best and brightest they should be totally concerned with the desires of the least brightest <laughs> and and the ones who are most susceptible to those base desires uh pornography is right up that same alley i mean you want to talk about base desires you want to talk about the natural man and 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 we see testosterone levels just just dropping because so many guys are just watching porn and and doing what comes along with that you know constantly instead of putting that that masculine energy into anything productive and i think it's a very serious vice 
that is not nearly talked about enough. And when it is talked about, especially in the mainstream media, it always gets some kind of a positive rap. They're like, oh, we need to defend our sex workers and our OnlyFans people and our porn stars. It's like, well, no, those people should stop today or be thrown in prison. I mean, in my world, they stop today or they're thrown in prison. And even if you want to get less authoritarian, I think we should just be able to agree that it should not be so easily accessible. With one simple Google search, you can get, I mean, anything you can imagine, anything your disgusting, depraved little natural man can, can want for free instantly over the internet. Do you really think that the, the global human psyche has had time to adapt to that in what, the past 20 years where past periods, um, the Stone Age, for example, uh, the Dark Ages, all of those, hundreds of years, thousands of years. Some people would even go as far as, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. I'm not positive myself. Do you really think the human psyche has had time to adjust to that? No way. No way. And that's why we see mental illness everywhere. It's crazy. It really is crazy to think about. Before we wrap up, I'd like to address uh, a counter-argument that I've also thought of, um, which is found in the law. The, the, the laws of the land. Um, basically, the the laws that we've we've been developing for hundreds of years, I mean, way back into, I mean, back when we were England and all that, uh, this, this court system, all of these systems that we rely on and for justice um, and systems that we regard as good, they are uh, similarly, in a way, fake, right? They're just made up. I think the key difference is the way that we interface with them. To interface with the law, I mean, nowadays, of course, you can look up laws and things, but sort of what I was getting at is you go and you act as a juror, or maybe you're an attorney, or, I mean, there's some people who are judges, and they are really physically engaging with this system that, that humans have made. And so... I agree. It is fake and it is it is made up. And I think that we do need some level of 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 made up manufactured systems. Uh, I mean, gold, we assign a made up value to it, uh, but it is beneficial because it's a physical, tangible thing. We just give it that fake made up value. Um, language is a fake made up thing, but we use it to communicate. Uh, so we do need a basis across all different areas of our lives uh, of fake, made-up, I mean, man-made things. Fake isn't the greatest word to use in this one. But made-up things, things that are, that are man-made, humans came up with them and, and, we, and we live with them. Now, me as a Christian, a lot of the laws that we have, definitely not all of them, definitely not all of them, but a lot of the basis, at least, for the laws we have comes from the theory of uh, natural law and divine law, which is 
given to us by God. I mean, in, in the Ten Commandments, a lot of the laws we have are, are based on those Ten Commandments that I believe to have come from God. I believe that the founders of this nation were uh, inspired by God to write our founding documents in the way that they did. They certainly didn't get everything perfect because, I mean, there's no term limits on Congress and it left room for the fake, the fake and made up to party system to be organized and sort of take over their system because they had no idea that that was even going to happen. And there's been so many changes to the Constitution that really it's just not the same document that it was then. Uh, but my point is, yes, we do need some systems to some extent that are manufactured, man-made, fake, but they don't exist in the ether. They existed before the internet. The internet is a whole other animal that offers way more opportunities um, not only to create these fake things, but to access them as well. And so I'd say that that's the key difference. And the reason that that argument doesn't really apply to my ether age theory, because I'm specifically going after those internet and, and online type systems that are just made up and, and fake, if that makes any sense. Anyway, so now that we're on the same page that nothing is real, I think I've pretty obviously and clearly laid it out, Nothing is real these days. It all exists in the cyberspace. We're living in the ether age. What, what can be done about it? What can you do? What can I do? Well, as an individual, not much. But you can still have a substantial impact on your own life. For example, I have uh, deleted a lot of social media accounts, or apps, excuse me, from my phone. And I try and access them only when I need to, on my computer. All these different apps you can access from the computer. Um, sometimes they're annoying and make you get on your phone as well. But a lot of them, I mean, when you actually have to go through that extra effort to log in on the computer, you realize, wow, this is just a stupid, pointless, boring waste of time. TikTok, for example. I think the only time I would ever again use TikTok is maybe if at one point I decided to post clips of my own content. But beyond that, it's just meaningless dribble of garbage, right? Drivel? Dribble? I don't know. One of those words. Anyways, I mean, at least with YouTube, you might be able to learn something. TikTok, you're getting maybe a fun fact at most, but really you're just going to get inappropriately dressed women and unfortunately sometimes underage girls who think that's the appropriate way to express themselves because that's, that's how people express themselves in the ether age. And it's disgusting. Another very important thing to do, like I mentioned earlier, get out into nature, go camping, go on a hike, be in some trees, be in a lake, be in the desert, be around animals. Uh, natural occurring nature is important too. A man-made sculpted park is good, but if you can get in out, out into the raw wilderness, I mean, dirt roads, hiking trails, campsites at most, you can get into those woods, get into that nature, breathe that fresh air, feel that sunlight, get, get dirty, 
I mean, build a fire, you're going to really connect with something inside of you deep down, uh, whether you're a man or a woman. There, there's something very, very special that we all sort of forget about and take for granted. And I understand camping can be expensive and it can be hard to, you know, get out of the way. So if, if that's too much, I guarantee you there's nature trails near where you live. Take your bike out, take your own two legs out and get into nature. Um, at least, I mean, a couple times every month. If you, if you could go outside daily and, and get into real nature once a week, you are going to be in the top, I mean, 0.0.1% of people, really. And so this, these are just small corrections to make to the whole extremely large problem, right? And it comes back to the idea that I have where it's, it's like, it's like this. If you live in a circus, then sometimes you've got to be a clown, right? And we are certainly living in a circus, so be a clown, but try and, and clown around as little as possible. Try and engage with these fake systems as little as you have to, as little as you have to. Because I really do think it's 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 damaging to us, but it's just it's just how the world works. Put me in charge as as king of the world for a day. I already told you some of the changes I'd make with phones, but but those wish upon a star type changes. I mean, yeah, let's take us back technology wise, a couple decades and see if we can navigate this this expansion a little more carefully and do things a little differently so we don't have unlimited, unfettered access to all of this stuff that's ruining people and ruining lives. So that's, that's our topic for today, the Ether Age. Feel free to think on it more on your own. I, I highly encourage you to think on it more on your own. Develop your own theories within this theory. Do you think that this ether age was planned? Was it set up to decimate the human psyche? Or was it simply a side effect of our, our own human hubris? Human hubris. That's a weird little saying there. Is it a side effect of our own human hubris? Could be either, really. And I'm not sure. It's a good question. That could be a good topic for another time. But I think for today, we're going to wrap it up. Make sure to go follow me on Twitter, Instagram. I have a YouTube channel. They should all be under Resto Bro or US Nation Restoration. I also have a website that I'm working on getting up and running. It's under usnationrestoration.com. So... Thanks again for joining me. This has been Resto Bro and the U.S. Nation Restoration Show. I hope you'll join me next time, and I'm signing out. Thanks. <laughs>